What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Tea Time Reports. I'm Brandon, joined here with my good friend Anthony. Thank you for joining me today, my man. Good to see you, bro. It's been a long fucking time. I think might have even been longer than the last time I saw D. Has been, dude. Do you remember what the last time was? Was it? Don't tell me it was graduation. Was it? I it might not. have been. It might have been. What was that? Six years ago? Five no, years no, ago? Not that long yet. I think like four. Yeah, we're coming up with four and a half. Something, dude. Because that this this coming May. Yeah, this coming May graduation, which is five years. Which that's sad, man. That, wow. that, we gotta like I said, we gotta start linking more. Yeah, for stuff. sure. But we're going to. Um, but yeah, welcome back. Thank you everyone for joining me. Thank you for all the love that we got on the first one with this guy's twin brother. They kind of looked alike, but kind of yeah. not. You can kind of tell the difference in a way. Bit. You sort of look like Mike Malak. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I've told you that before. I think I have. I think and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can kind of tell which one's D. Um, He's got a whole different personality, man. That's another way to tell Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not in a bad way, that, though. Man, but, um, bad, 100%. Former Palmetto High quarterback, former college athlete as well, now turned production company owner, uh, photographer, videographer. Then also, what would you call like full throttle? Um, like inspirational clothing brand. There you go. Yeah, yeah. 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 Co-owner. Co-owner. Jared inspirational. Wade. Yeah. Um, clothing brand. But uh, I want to start with the childhood. Obviously, I asked D the same questions. But growing up with a twin brother, man, there's a lot of twins out there in this world, obviously. But it's a very unique experience that only mm-hmm. twins can understand and sort of go through. But um, then obviously, you guys are both huge in the sport, both playing under your dad, Big mm-hmm. Hoss, Dave Marino, your whole life, yeah. man. So. I wanted to ask you, just tell me a little bit what it was like, one, growing up with D as a twin brother. Obviously, we know who D is. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the fans, everyone out there know who D is now. Just dive a little bit into that, then we'll sort of transition into playing under Pops your whole life and playing sports, not only with a twin brother, but under your dad as well, man. Dude, growing up with D, it's, first of all, having a twin brother is, it's, it's something like, as you said, it's unimaginable, mm-hmm. right? It's that next step, everyone has... Most people have brothers, sisters, and stuff, but to have someone, a best friend there, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, at any mm-hmm. moment, you're never, you're never alone in that regard, right? Whether you guys want to go do something, you're doing something in twos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not doing something, you don't got to do something solo, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, growing up at the house with them has always been a blast. Um, playing sports with them, you know what I mean? You always mm-hmm. have that, right, you got a five-man basketball team, okay, two of those five spots, you know what I mean, are yeah. filled because you got yeah. a brother. Same thing as far as playing football when we pursued that in high school, man. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he played wide receiver his freshman, sophomore year. I played quarterback all four years, yep. but throwing to him was just, it's unreal. How do you, how, not many people get a chance to experience. Uh, do you recall how many completions you had to him? Nah, I don't remember. Nah, Dude, there's nah, one, though. I will say there's one. Pops will remember it as well. We're playing, I think it was Pinellas Park, if I had to. Playoff game? Playoff game in our okay. junior year. And it was third down. We're in the fourth quarter. I think it was had to have been our last two minute drive. Yeah. We're pushing the ball down the field. We're on our opposite on our opposite side. Third and like four or something. I knew immediately once I got up to the line, right? And I still remember to this day. I think we were either gonna do a check, right, either it was run, box was empty, mm-hmm. or just like a little inside little like a slant route or something right. just to get the first down. I knew though D was on my right hand side playing slot. Mm-hmm. I knew we had a one route we called it was just like a little little two yard out route just yep. get something in space and I knew immediately once I saw that that I had faith in D you know I mean he was my third down guy he was mm-hmm. my third down go to ball player we had a ton of good wide receivers which obviously you know now LeJonte Wester is playing at FAU him. you know what I mean we got a ton of dudes he's leading the country right now correct receptions and yes. yards I think yes and we'll get Maybe to all that I'm gonna have to double yeah. check that but dude I knew going in there 
I knew I was throwing the ball to the. Yeah. I did. I saw. So I dropped back, threw it to him, got the first down. I just, it, what a moment that was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not only just you're playing there in front of pops, but you connect with your brother in in regard to that. So yeah. But he had a dude. He made a ton of plays, and then now, we brought this up on the episode with D two, but was that where Michael Penix played, or was that Tampa Bay Tech? That so he, he played, played for? Tampa Bay Tech. That's right. You guys senior year. Yeah. yeah. That's you. We lost yeah. to them, which. He's a ball player too, Dude, man. Have he's, you been following him right now? He might be going number one to Heisman, right? Heisman. He's potential. He's I mean. potential Heisman yeah. favorite right now. Yeah, he's balling right Caleb now. Caleb Williams has fallen off. He yeah. just beat Caleb Williams head to head, and he beat yeah. Oregon and Bo Nix head to head. Yeah, Dude, he's. I was watching that game. Balling, and he made Indiana that way. And good for him because he had two ACL injuries, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah he so did. he was. You know what I mean, so he the strides he's made <clears> and to play against those guys. That's the crazy. Other, you know I mean, that's the other thing too is you look back and it's like okay. Everyone's different in their careers as far as him pursuing ball yeah. at Division One level. We played at Division Two level, but you still played with these individuals. That, you know what I mean? It's it's just unreal feeling. And, I was talking to Logan uh, Pisano about mm-hmm. it too, and he threw a touchdown pass over Logan. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's like you know you can't you can't hate on it because that's a D one ball player. Yeah, that's this guy's gonna yes. be a first round pick. Yes, exactly. So it's pick. tough. You know what I mean, man? It's it's that's pretty crazy. Yeah. About it now, um, I, I want to transition to. Jack Allison, because we mm-hmm. I wanted to bring him up because sort of not similar to Penix in a way, but he was a guy that played in a position the same yeah. one that you did. You sort of looked up to him in a way I would imagine yeah. as far as just coming into Palmetto to play that position. You knew mm-hmm. what you were going to be doing, and he was a guy that was a D one athlete. Correct. Um, University of Miami, University of Virginia, West Virginia as well. West Virginia, yeah. And so tell me, if what did you learn from him? What was that like? Because I remember coming in as a freshman, all I ever heard about. Was Jack Allison. Jack so Allison, everyone Jack ever Allison. Yeah. Like, he would be and walking could, down the halls. I'd be like, Whoa. "How could you not?" Right? <laughs> He's a specimen. He was six foot six. Yeah. Right. Over two hundred some pounds. Had a cannon for an arm. Right. Yeah. He was smart with the football. So his measurables were there. Right. His athleticism mm-hmm. was there. He wasn't the fastest guy, but hey, when you could sling the ball one hundred and thirty exactly. yards, you exactly. know what I mean, out of the end zone, how could you not? Right. Oversee him. So looking up to him was tremendous. However, he was a senior when I was mm-hmm. a freshman. So. He obviously when we did it at Palmetto, the freshman practiced alone and the J V varsity mm-hmm. practiced alone as well. So being individual period with him, I was able to, you know what I mean, talk to him, pick his brain and stuff, and I was able to be at the games and watch and I suited up for a few different games to look underneath him and you know what I mean see him. Mm-hmm. I think to answer your question though, as far as the biggest influence, because that year we had Seth Varnador was the quarterback's coach. Right. He ended up leaving when Jack left as well. Okay. That's when Coach Ty, Ty Stolt came into play. Playing under Coach Ty was the greatest thing that I think I that could have happened for me in high school. Mm. Had I gone to Lakewood Ranch, I wouldn't have got that exposure. Playing at Palmetto, not only did I get the competition that I was looking for, you mean with mm-hmm. all our D1 athletes mm-hmm. that go through there, but being the guy I was, because I wasn't the tallest, wasn't the fastest, right. you, you mean, as you knew, yeah. I, I was able to make a few dudes miss, wasn't the tallest, wasn't the fastest, I couldn't sling the ball like Jack Allison could, yeah. however... The implementation that Coach Ty brought with the run-pass option offense and mm. everything that he catered, and my father as well, catered to my unique stand. You mean my like the yeah, ability yeah, that yeah. I had to and perform? I want to I want to just make a point on that real quick because that just goes to show just to attribute it to Coach Ty's Correct. just ability to you know just be a successful coach and bring the best out of his players. You know, because you even see that at all levels, whether it's high school, college, NFL, you see time and time again offensive coordinators, quarterback coaches, head coaches, whatever it is, be so hard-headed and so stubborn to their own Correct. scheme, 
whatever it is that they don't adapt to their own player strengths. You know, Correct. they don't that's fully what, adapt and put themselves in yeah. their player, the quarterback, whatever it is, their shoes and work towards their strength. They're supposed 100%. to. Like I'm saying, they're supposed to. Like I'm never gonna be a. No, but you're right. But like you, you should be able to, not be so set to one philosophy to one scheme. Correct. You should be able to, because every player that you're gonna encounter is mm-hmm. gonna be different. They're gonna have different strengths, different weaknesses. You should be able to, <clears throat> tailor and tailor your scheme Correct. and your play calling to their mm-hmm. strengths to bring the best out of them. That's your job. Yeah, you know? and that's what's that's not even for quarterbacks. That's any position. Exactly. Yeah, not even for football. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's, that's what defines good coaches from great coaches, right? I'm not a coach myself. Future, maybe I would like to do that. You may follow under Pop's footsteps. Mm-hmm. However, that's what makes them great coaches because they're able to cater and see the different abilities amongst their players rather than just, 100%. hey, this is the way I did it and this is the way we're going and to do it. Honestly, like looking back at it now, not to slight anything about Palmetto, the players of program or anything, but I mean, we were competitive year in, year mm-hmm. out. We made the playoffs year in, year out. Mm-hmm. And we were still going toe-to-toe with all these other high schoolers all or, and high school teams that had Division One talent all around. And we yeah. still had our fair share of Division One talent. But, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it was never really the same once you like, actually compared on paper. No, 100%. But we were still beating those teams, competing with those teams. Yeah. And that just goes to show not only the job that your dad did, Coach Ty did, even – um, Braves, Pacucci, Braves, Balls, everybody, Pucci, all of them, all yes. the coaches do. And that's know? and as you said, right? 2019, or excuse me, yeah, 2019, 2020 year, we were second round playoffs. That was mm-hmm. I think my junior year. Senior year, we were second round playoffs. Lost to Tampa Tech with Michael Penix. Yeah. Year after that, that's when Xavier took over. Um, yeah. Ended yeah. up making the regional final, right? They were, or, or excuse me, the uh, semifinal. They were district champs, regional champs. Year after that, same thing. You know what I mean? Lost both years to mm-hmm. Miami because Miami Central, they're a great team. Whatever. Had yeah, D1 were. talent, as you mentioned, across the board. You I mean, you look at paper, we don't have, we didn't have when my senior year. Love my O-linemen, but they weren't 330 across the board. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Ethan Ingham, he was 280, right, or something like that. Yep. A dog status going against D1 D-linemen. Luke Gullick. Luke Gullick. You know what I mean? All, like Lee, all of them. You know what I mean? Love my boys to death. However, the work they had to put in extra to beat these D1, yeah. D linemen that are three, maybe 360. Well, shout out to all three of them, but even Lee now. Lee's correct. He just played this final home yeah. game with, is it Charleston yeah. Southern? Charleston Southern, yeah. 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 I mean, they matched up against Georgia. Yes. They matched up against Clemson. Like, he's still playing against that yes. same D1 exactly. level talent, yes. bro. And, like, I couldn't be happier to see that. Yeah. Um, just not only for him, but just all three of them, because even Ethan went on to yeah. have some success as 100%. well at uh, Valdosta State. Played up north, um, and then yeah, came down and played at Valdosta for yeah. I think played a season. Yeah. Over there. Um, I want to I want to ask you about uh, our buddy Luke though, and him being your center. That's a, that's a special bond, quarterback <laughs> and center, man. Yeah, and, I tell people all the time. And obviously, the people listening, they don't know Luke. Shout out to him and his personality, but we do. Uh, what was that like? Him being your center, bro. Like, what was it like? learning the cadences, developing that chemistry. Man, we, so I met, obviously as we met Luke, freshman year high school, going in playing freshman ball with Luke. He was the center, there was other centers that went up, other quarterbacks that Mm -hmm. tried out and stuff. For some odd reason, we all connected with Luke. And it's not an odd reason though, to back up with that because of Luke's personality, on and off the field. Luke, man. He was the epitome of a center. You know what I mean? He cared about the quarterbacks. You know what I mean? He, he, he cared about every single... He was a commander on the field, right? Took control of everything. 
However, off the field, he was just like my brother Derek. He's a goofball. You know what I mean? He loves to have fun and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's the guy that we need. So as far as our bond went, though, man, there's nothing. I, I say my, my twin brother Derek, right? Mm-hmm. That that's not a bond, or that that's not a, or it's an unimaginable bond. Yeah. Same thing for Luke, man. Yeah. And a center between a center and his quarterback, it's almost like right. You're going to class together. You're getting changed. Yeah, together. You, you're, you're, you're doing everything that, together. You have to have that chemistry. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. He's in the line room. You're in the quarterback's room. You're sitting together. You know? Did you guys have any like special cadence or anything? Or so was we it have, just pretty standard. Like, so we did because he was obviously. I had to go and. Con- you're in control as a quarterback in mm-hmm. front of the whole offense and stuff, and you got to know what's going on on the defensive side of the ball too. Same thing for the center, right? Wide receivers necessarily, they have to be very smart. However, you just got to find holes and run your route. Mm-hmm. Centers, you need to know what your O-line is doing. You need to listen to the quarterback, and you need to set up your O-line as far as if a defense is going to shift. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? As far as because they can do whatever they want yeah. on the defensive side of the ball. Same thing for offense and the quarterback. Center needs to relay to me. I need to relay to him. So we didn't have necessarily our own individual play calls, but the connection between us was mm-hmm. unreal. And that's what helped us in when we played Riverview, which for those that are listening, it's Southern Florida, mm-hmm. um, Riverview High School. They have a Ramble, it's called, and their field is below, below ground level, right? Well, I didn't know that. I think, did you not go to one of the games? Right? No, nah, yeah. I never made it up in Riverview. So they have, right, normal stadiums, it's ground level. you got the stands, but you got mm-hmm. some openings. So the mm-hmm. Ramble is so different because everything, all sound, stays in the field, yeah. right? So it doesn't exit. So me and Luke, come our first drive, went three and out. I'm like, Luke, I can't hear you. He's like, I can't hear you. <laughs> so the whole game, we got to go, like, under center because I got to, like, you know yeah. I mean? I got to tap him and stuff, which that just makes it even easier with you having a connection off the field, mm-hmm. as all of us do as a friend group. Yeah. Because you're able to connect easily, just yeah, like just that. One moment's yeah. like that. We got the battle of the adverse. I mean, Correct. like we all hear about it as sports fans, or just you know, just watching it, like the crowd. You can hear the crowd. You hear about the crowd. How much mm-hmm. of a factor that can really play into the game, and yeah. you don't really realize it until you're at those moments in those moments. Correct. You know, especially quarterback center. You're right in the center. No mm-hmm. pun intended of all of it. You yeah. know, and it just goes to show that if that's someone that maybe you don't have that same friendship with off the field, you yeah. know, you might. Running the moments where things falter in those Correct. moments of adversity, and you're not able to use that that um, bond, that connection you have to 100%. you know really come through those. You know, and it just that goes to show why this team was as successful as it was. Yeah. You know, um, then I want to go back to another player that you had the pleasure of playing with in the honors and that D one talent trend, the Dejounte Webster, bro. Yeah. And I want to correct myself on the stats. So he's actually fourth right now in reception yards in the country, Division one FAU. That's crazy right yeah. now he's first in receptions per game in the yeah. entire country bro yeah. that's wild and as time has gone on this season man he's starting to get the credit he's starting to get the attention mm-hmm. but there's still a lot of it that is undeserved or well, not no not i worded that on not undeserved but there's still more that he does deserve as far as like credit and attention yeah, it's unseen, that yeah, yeah. unseen is what it's is yeah. what it is you know and but it might almost benefit him that way you know but like what was that like playing with him did you see that he was going to turn out to be the star that he is. Do you have any moments or plays or specific memories for him? Where like, of course, man. You talking me, about talking about a dude man. that. So he's obviously right being recruited. We'll go back. He's at Florida Atlantic University, mm-hmm. not a powerhouse. No, not school. by any means. Can he go right now anywhere he wants in the country? Hundred percent, he could. Yeah, right. Hundred percent, he can go wherever he wants. When he got um, recruited out of high school, and I wasn't there at the time when he was getting recruited. However. He wasn't. He was getting overlooked based upon his size. Yeah. Based upon he, everyone knew he was fast, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone knew he was shifty, but it was his size. It was his weight, right? Which mm-hmm. he's still. I mean, he's gotten stronger. He's gotten yeah. faster. However, he's not your typical six foot five, mm-hmm. two hundred and twenty pound wide receiver. You know what I mean? Like a DK Metcalf. You yeah. Know what I mean, 
But you don't need that. Clearly, we're watching it. You know what I mean? It's unfolding. Everything is it's on TV. That's the truth. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, playing with him, I don't have any exact plays. However, you want to talk about a dude that you can just have faith and throw the ball up to, and he's mm. going to go get it, right? There'd be some plays. We call him a pie route. I'd see the defense would be cover one, right? I'd yeah. be like, okay, he's in the slot. I know I want to check my outside wide receiver. He's going to do like a little button hook route, right? Okay. He's just going to run right to the pie. That's what we call it. It's a pie, pie route. It's called a pylon. He's going to go from the slot, you know, right up the hash, right yeah. to the opposite pylon. Right, right, right. It's almost like a go route. And I'm like, but okay. I don't know what you're saying. I, and it's him on a linebacker. I use it in Madden. Yes. Yeah, I use it in Madden. <laughs> I'm like, it's him on a linebacker. And any day of the week, 100% of the time, if they're in this, I don't even have to Because usually it's, you have a trips formation too. You can or, do it out of anything. Yeah. But yeah, however, yeah. you got the one high safety, right? Get the snap. You look left for maybe two seconds, right? Look him I'm up. just, dude. I'm just chucking it out there. You don't even need to be good to play quarterback to throw him the ball. It's like he's gonna, he's a ball hog, yeah. dude. He will be open 100% of the time. And that was so neat as having him because another thing was he played. Not, I don't know if too many people that are listening know this, but he plays wide receiver at FAU now, but he used to play quarterback um, at Palmetto as well. I um, do remember that little yeah. thing. Yeah. So he was my senior year. We didn't have a backup quarterback. So he not only did he start as a starting wide receiver on our mm-hmm. team, but he backed me up on quarterback. God forbid, you know what I mean? I would have gotten hurt or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. or we needed to just maybe throw off the defense a little bit, which we did. We threw him in, threw him in there, and he made some um, immaculate plays for us. But however, going back to what I was saying, not only was he smart as a wide receiver, but he knew as playing quarterback what the reads need exactly. to be made. You know I mean? So that's what exactly. makes people great ball players, just like coaches, great coaches, good coaches, well, great ball players. I'll tell you a great example of that is Travis Kelsey. Correct. You see it day in and day, or yeah. week in and week out. He used to play the quarterback position mm-hmm. in high school and college, and that's why you see now him being tight end. It's just so easy for him because he's when he's running these routes, he's looking at the defense like a quarterback. Yes. <laughs> so he's reading the same coverages that Pat yeah. Mahomes is. Then that's why they're so good together. Yeah. And he just knows exactly where the zone's going to be. He knows exactly where the soft spot in that zone's mm-hmm. going to be, and he just goes right to it. Because he's looking at it exactly like a quarterback. He reads yeah. it the same way. And that just gives him that advantage that sets him apart Correct. from yeah. everybody else. Yeah. And that's similar with Lejante. And yeah. he's not the only former Palmetto player no. there now either. I think, does two, he have two brothers, right? Two brothers. Two brothers. Yeah. I think they're both there. Yeah. So then, we grew up, our age was with John. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So John plays there as well. I had well. him a few classes. Yeah, Did yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. John was playing at Albion yeah. um, for, I think, his first three years. It was like a purple and gold yeah. school. Yeah, yeah. He just came there, um, and he's playing there as well. Jalen, his the middle yeah. brother, is, um, or excuse me, the youngest brother, is playing there as well, uh, linebacker, which is another yeah. ball. Yeah, then um, Day-Day is there as well. Day-Day's there as well. Yeah, he, yeah, he played DB well. at Palmetto, yeah. yeah That's so, so cool to think about, man. And they're yeah. all sort of doing their own thing, man. They're, like, they're all yes. individually doing yeah. their own thing. Yeah. And it just, it goes to show, man, like, no matter what it is, no matter what sport, no matter what competition, like, size isn't all that matters. No. It's, it's the heart, it's the work ethic, and coaching as well, putting yeah. you in the positions to and succeed. I hope that these guys, you know what I mean, whether it's Lejante, whether it's Jalen, whether it's anybody, not even Palmetto kids, just any kids, I was always a firm believer that Florida, Georgia, Texas has ball players. But they got all. I mean, there's not. There's, they got so many dudes that can play mm-hmm. any sport, but mainly football because that was the realm I was in. Yeah. And there's not many collegiate schools to go to, so you have so much of this talent mm-hmm. that can't stay within Florida unless you're going to the big. Ten, you know what I mean? Like the Miamis or the Florida Atlantics or the FA or the um, uh, Florida State or yeah. Florida. You know what I mean? 
So as far as these guys making a difference, showing that they're not the biggest dudes and that they can do this, hopefully mm-hmm. shows the coaches that, hey, when you guys come down to recruit, don't necessarily look at just measurables. Look at the dogs. You know exactly. what I mean? Look at the stats. Look at exactly. look at that guy running four two forty or whatever he's running. You know what I mean? Rather than just, hey, that guy's six foot six, let's offer him, let's go to Alabama. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, man, they're making a difference for our hometown for yeah. sure. And before we before we transition on from this, I, I still want to get out of you. Like what what was it like playing for Pops at Plum yeah. Man? Being the quarterback, the main man under Pops' helm and just yeah. not only for high school, just growing up in general. I mean, D said it on the last one, like did I ask him, like, what was it like as far as, like, him being a punter or a yeah. receiver than, like, you being a quarterback? And it just was pretty much Dave coming to you and just being like, look, I need a quarterback. And Derek just looks right at you and goes, yeah. damn, that's all you. Yeah. Is, that, is that how it that's went down? That's exactly how it went down. <laughs> we were on vacation, and Dad came up to us, and he was like, hey, man, uh, we're going into the season. Um, I think it was maybe even spring ball or something. And he was like, because with the Jack Allison, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, there was a vacancy of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So he needed somebody that he could trust. Uh, who more can you trust than your own son, right? Mm-hmm. That should be how the world is. You should trust your kids, you know what I mean, like no other. So he came to us and he's like, I need someone I can trust. Okay, both of you guys I can trust. Who wants to play quarterback? And D was like, look right at me. <laughs> <laughs> so that was it. Straight up, I was like, you know what? I'll, I want to do this. This is something. I didn't even know what I was getting into at this mm-hmm. time. Because I played Pop Warner. Which I was, probably benefited you too. I was strong safety and wide receiver. Like any kid wants to play, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh, I want to get the football and throw touch, or I want to catch touchdowns. Then going in and playing under Pops, man, the more and more I grew, and more and more I grew with him each day. Not only as far as a father son standpoint was it amazing, but from a coach's son standpoint, mm. it was even better. Right? Obviously, you had to go through the adversity of, oh, you're only playing because your dad's the coach. Of course. The amount of times I heard that, man, the amount yeah. of players that came through and they're like, oh, I want to play quarterback. All right, Ant, you got to go compete with these dudes. And day in and day out, right? I still remember my senior year, we're going into the red and black game mm-hmm. at our school, right? Week one's next week, right? This is like a Saturday, yeah. right? Week one is we're starting Monday practice for the season the next couple days after. We go on Saturday and my dad goes before the, like right before, we're all strapped up right before the red and black game. He goes, hey man, you better do well. Or else, if we do not, this is still an open competition. You're yeah. not going to be starting. You know how much that hits you? You know what I mean? You're going into your, your senior <laughs> First of all, your dad's telling you this, but not only, you're going into your senior, senior year, too, yeah. and nothing's guaranteed. You know what I mean? Because he still wanted, he wanted to prove to everybody that everything I did was earned. It was exactly. not from a coach's father's standpoint. And that was the greatest thing, was me doing that competition because yeah, yeah. not only did I grow but and at the same time there's still an element of him that was probably doing that from the father's standpoint correct because well, yes. he knew like 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 you said he wanted to everyone to know that you did earn it you correct. Know? and that's another just perspective as a father yeah. as well but man we could get into like so anyways I did end up playing that red and black game yeah I did end up performing well boosted me through the season and I proved myself mm-hmm. as a starter junior and senior year however playing under dad man it's something that and we talk about playing with a center and their connection, playing mm-hmm. with a twin brother in that connection. Having a father being on the sideline, not only just as a player for Derek, for example, mm-hmm. but as the quarterback. Mm-hmm. My father was the head coach that looked over all the positions and looked over defense and offense, but he right. stuck more with the offensive side okay. of the football. Because he was an O-lineman He was an O-lineman himself, right? himself yeah. yeah. And he coached O-line for quite a while before he became the head coach. Played at Rutgers. Played at Rutgers, yeah. yeah. And then... Uh, he coached at Lakewood Ranch, coached at Southeast, and then came to Palmetto, coached there as the O-line, and then became the head coach. Mm-hmm. However, when you do something well, when you do something poor, when you have a little injury, when you 
have a great day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Regardless of whatever you do, you run off to the sideline and you only see that person. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's like you got your whole team around you. You're having fun with everybody. However, it's like, you know what? This is amazing. I, yeah. I not only have a team that I love and care about, but now I got a dude that I'm playing for that I care about you exactly. know, as your father yeah. figure. It's, it's unreal. And obviously, whenever the time was going from freshman Freshman year, you don't realize it. You know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. trying to prove yourself as a ball player. Yeah. Sophomore year, you're doing the same thing. Junior year, senior year, you're doing the same thing. However, when you've reached that point where you're like, you know what? I'm comfortable mm-hmm. and I can start leading my team around me. Then you start to realize, well, damn, how much time has passed? And I'm like, dang, I only have a few more games to play with my father. So that's mm-hmm. why, I don't know if you saw, I posted on Facebook, um, SNN did a skit. And it was a tape with us about our Marino family. Yeah, yeah, I saw that, yeah. And you don't realize it. Right, it's a funny, however emotional story that Dad was telling because you don't realize how much time has passed, man. Mm-hmm. That you get this opportunity that not a lot of kids play. I mean, Dad was when he was finding out he had twins. That's the first thing that probably came to his mind was, "I get to coach." You know what I mean? I get to coach these guys. Yeah, dude. You get to that moment, feel like four years. It's a long time. Shoot, we were down to the last game, and I remember, man, we lost to Tampa Bay Tech, Michael Penix. And it was heartbreaking. You know what I mean? You're sitting there with him, and it's like, yeah. this is the last time that I got the chance to play with my father, which mm-hmm. I loved every single minute of it. I don't regret anything that I ever did in high school. I don't regret any moment, any decisions I ever made. However, playing under him, man, it was a... I, 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 yeah, yeah. And, it's it's just un, it's unreal. And to that heartbreak point, man, and a lot of the athletes, if not all of them, they'll understand that too, man. Mm-hmm. Just like, and just the whole point of... You don't realize the time you have. The, As the you know, I mean, I don't know if you mentioned on the podcast, but you were a high school athlete yeah, as and well. I was about to touch on that. It was my senior year, dude, very last tournament, wrestling, um, regionals at Charlotte. Charlotte's a powerhouse in the state mm-hmm. of Florida with the wrestling program. I mean, their football program has been up and down, but they've, they've yeah. been competitive in the past. Um, and going into the last match, they're called the blood round, you know, because yeah. you're going through... And you've already lost the match, you know, but you've, you've won your, you've fought your way back into the blood round and it's winner go home. You, yeah. You win, you're still going to have one more match, but you've still clinched states. You're mm-hmm. just going to wrestle for that fifth or sixth spot in regions and that determines your seeding for states. Okay. You lose, you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure enough, I lost, I, I won my first match regions, lost my second one to like the number three kid in the state. What my ass, he beat me like three times in my fucking career, yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, fought my way back, beat kids I wasn't supposed to beat. Oh, dude, I'll, I'll never forget it. It was against the Venice kid. He was in our district, too. Um, he pinned me earlier in the year at district, bro. I mm-hmm. got over my head, tried to hit some stupid move, tossed me, got pinned in, like, fucking 30 seconds, bro. Dude started clapping over me, celebrating. Venice started talking shit. I mean, you know, like, Venice yeah. is Venice, bro. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't stand Venice, bro. Um, then faced him. In like my second or third wrestleback match, bro, and and um, you know Pat Cucci, yeah, he uh, was also the wrestling mm-hmm. assistant coach with Wilt as well, and uh, he didn't he told me this beforehand. Obviously, I was already fueled up, adrenaline pumping yeah. through my veins. I was yeah. I already knew I was wrestling this kid. I was wanting to get my revenge, and then Pat came up to me and was like, "Yo, their coaches be um when they're doing the seating, when they're doing the schedules and the brackets and everything." All the wrestling coaches meet in one of the rooms or something and go over everything. Mm-hmm. Pat told me that the Venice coach saw that he got his 138, that's the weight class. That's his right. 138 got matched up with me again. Wow. And he's like, oh, easy win. Our 138's booked for blood round. Pat told me that. <laughs> I was pissed, man. It was yeah. a 
close match score wise, but I dominated that match, bro. Yeah. Dude, it was I won like five to one, four to one or something like that, dude. Just he couldn't do shit on me, bro. Dang. I just shut yeah. him down, was dominating That's him. That's awesome, dude. Stopped him, whistle blue, got up, clapped over him, Dang. stepped over him, shit. It's a big moment. Hard, I mean, dude. Best moment of my career. Yeah. But then to get back into the point of like heartbreak and just taking it for granted, not knowing that you're running out of the time that you had going into that blood round. I was matched up against this Charlotte kid. Mm-hmm. Never beat him in my career. He beat me fucking one nothing at Man. districts. Oh like God. the week prior. He beat yeah. one nothing, bro. And he a match up against him. I'm like, dude, right before I went out there, I'm like, this could potentially be like yeah. my last match. Yeah. Like not I'm like I have that doubt, like obviously What's going through my mind is I'm envisioning me winning this is not my last match. I'm as any athlete, like, you have you, you got that. That's reality. Yes. you know you cannot shut out reality. It's yeah. like this could potentially be my last match, and I'm just sitting there playing back everything within yeah. the last four years. I'm like, damn. And dude. you do that, man. And it just hits you like a truck, and go out there, and I don't have any regrets because I went out there and I left everything yeah. on the fucking line, and then ended up falling short and losing. He ended up placing that stage too, makes me feel mm-hmm. a little bit better. But I just remember yeah. walking off. Didn't hold my head down on the feet, but I just heartbroken, man. Uh, and then every athlete goes through that, man, no matter what. Sport. And I just remember, it's just I gave Pat Cucci a hug, gave Wilkes a hug, just grabbed my stuff and just took a slow walk yeah. out of the gymnasium over by like the front gate of Charlotte Football Gives Field. You chills, man. And I just, yeah. I, I just sat there, just started bawling, bro, yeah. for like 45 minutes. Yeah, you know, yeah. just like, Damn, like it just hit me like yeah. like a brick truck, bro. Like, and it's just a moment you'll never forget, bro. Mm-hmm. And you just like look back and like you just don't realize, like you don't <laughs> how fat. And now like we even started this out saying we're almost five years removed from this shit, bro. Yeah, like, yeah. It's crazy, bunch of, bunch bro. Of old it's, eggs it's, now, dude. Old, <laughs> old guys now. Yeah, right? man. Like it's it's crazy, but yeah. I wanna I wanna ask you a little bit about Saint Anselm and yeah. your college experience. What was the recruiting process like before you went to Saint Anselm, and what led up to your decision? Obviously, D went there well as yeah. well. I talked to him about that. Well, what led up to your decision to choose there and like the rest of the recruiting process? Uh, so it was a good recruiting process yeah. for me. Um, I had a few different offers, Division two level. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one that was a military academy that wasn't really wanting to go to at that time. Uh, maybe looking back, maybe it would have been a better decision. But once again, I don't have any regrets for anything that I've made. Um, so, anyways, Coach Joe came through, the head coach of Saint Anselm, which is really nice as far as if your head coach comes down. Yeah. I mean, most of the time, they'll send, whether it's quarterback's coach or they'll send a wide receiver's coach, another, whoever's recruiting the area. Another scout or he came down himself, um, met with us at Palmetto. I think he met with a few guys. However, I really liked Coach Joe. I liked him as a person. I liked him as a coach. I think that all his future endeavors that he was mentioning to us, because St. Anselm wasn't a powerhouse school mm-hmm. in the Division II, North, uh, Northeast 10, they yep. called it conference they were on they had losing seasons he became the head coach and he wants to turn the program around right so Mm -hmm. he had all these future um future endeavors for us and i mean like so anyways he wanted to make a difference himself into the program so he was telling us all these things really made me want to pursue what he was i took a visit to saint anselm i took a visit to southwestern oklahoma okay um which i liked i just Dude, I, I flew into OKC. What's there to do there? I, I flew into Oklahoma City, little side notes. So I flew in there, and the coach picked me up, and I was like, oh my God, this is beautiful. I was yeah. like, Oklahoma City, I've never been here before. It was, I forget when we took our visit. And then I said, all right, coach, where are we heading? He's like, oh, we got an hour and a half out. And I'm like, hour and a half? <laughs> so we get out there, dude, and the school is just in the middle of nowhere. And I was with Pops and my brother. 
I'm like, oh, the school is near it's immaculate, it's yeah. amazing or whatever. I said, but coach, what do you, what do the kids like to do around there? He's like, well, you can drive an hour and a half into OKC. I'm like, well, where we just came from? I'm like, so every weekend I have to, you know what I mean? Oh, drive into no, OKC, dude. which isn't too bad. That plays a big part in the yeah, process. So it too. does. So I took a visit there. Um, took a visit to San Anselm. I had some other offers, um, like South Dakota um, State in there. It was like yep, South yep. something. Um, they offered a scholarship as well. Um, and I had some minor other ones as well that came through. However, St. Anselm was the one that touched me most. Mm. Uh, so I went up there, took my visit. I enjoyed myself. Uh, that's when I committed to Coach Joe on spot. Signed there. And then obviously Derek on the previous podcast mentioned mm. to you. We went up there. Um, had a good season. I believe we ended up having a losing season again. We are just below um, the winning season. Mm-hmm. However, had a, I mean, obviously, it was, we had the most wins in school history. That was, that was, you mean, yeah. a stepping stone in the right direction for, that, for Coach Joe. Yeah. yeah, so we enjoyed ourselves. However, man, me being a Floridian, uh, born yeah. here in Florida, raised, it was definitely, I knew what I was getting into. New Hampshire, right? New Hampshire, yeah. yeah. And during my visit, I forget when we went. It was just at February, February was signing day. We had maybe went previous, like December or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't even know, maybe October, November, December or something for my visit. Anyways, we went there, it was snowing, right? I was mm-hmm. having a great time, came back home. We went up for the season, and the dorms don't have AC. And I was like, oh, man, this is weird, right? Because usually all, yeah. all, all the houses even yeah. have AC. And one of the kids told me, he's like, oh, man, you won't need that. I'm like, okay, right? So August we went, August, uh, September, and then October hit. Well, it was hot in August, September. Mm-hmm. October hit, you see the leaves changing, you're like, this is beautiful, right? Everything's turning different colors, mm-hmm. you gotta actually get a chance to see the seasons and stuff, and then like, mid-October hit, we had a game, I woke up one morning, and I was like, I said, Dee, does my, because I shared a dorm with my brother, yeah. I said, Derek, does my watch say negative 22 feels like? <laughs> we look out the window, man, it's snowing, it's gray, I was like, oh, oh man, man, this is gonna be miserable. We start bundling up us Floridians, right? Yeah. We had other kids from Florida as well. Kid played at Burden River, Taylor okay. Falkowski, which he... Yeah, I remember he, the name. He played four years there. Um, just graduated, but... Anyway, so we were... Like I said, we played that. We were there for uh, a few months, played the season, mm-hmm. finished out one semester, ended up coming home. Um, that was when I wanted to pursue football down south, tried to get re-recruited. Yeah. Um, process didn't really work out for me, however, like I said, I... Early in the podcast, yeah. I don't regret anything that I ever made decisions. It's all matters, really. It was that time that I wanted yeah. to make a decision to hang up my cleats, so that's how that went. There you go. Yeah. I thought this was pretty cool, though. It's actually still on St. Anselm's uh, athletic website. Mm. Um, you and Andy are both on there still, but okay. your bio, prior uh, to St. Anselm. Yeah. Three-sport athlete at Palmetto High School, was a member of the football, track and field, and basketball programs. Also played for the Pal Thunder, four-year <laughs> honor roll recipient. Was a first team all district yeah. quarterback, earning first team all district most valuable player honors, was a finalist for offensive player of the year, served as a team captain. Also, I didn't know this as well. I also had like some of your personal things like son of David and Linda, father played football at Rutgers, brother Derek, a teammate there. I didn't know your uncle played football at Duke though. Yep. Yeah, he played D line. Okay. Yeah. And he actually coached with my with Dave, my father. Yeah. Okay. Um, no they coached at Lakewood Ranch together. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Is this Dom's yep. dad? Okay. Yeah, so both our cousins, Dom and Vince Marino, played at Venice. Yeah. Dom played quarterback, which is mm-hmm. another idol I looked up to, man. There he was go. actually, he graduated before Jack came into play. I forget what okay. year Dom graduated, but played at Missouri Western, 
Oh, Dom's well. First of all, Dom's a whole different ball game, man. If yeah. we're talking about a dude that went through the ringer, yeah, played at five different colleges, right? Ooh. Had he tore his, uh, broke his collarbone, tore his labrum, right? Everyone was like, "Oh, he can't throw the deep ball. Can't throw the deep ball." Once again, a guy that got overlooked. Mm-hmm. I mean, tried to go to FAU, couldn't do that. I don't know exactly step by step which college he went to. Anyways, ended up at Mo West, right, Missouri mm-hmm. Western. Had an amazing career there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a bunch of people broke a bunch of records, a bunch of accolades and stuff. So, once again, another dude from Florida, right? We talk yeah. about LeJante. We talk about guys that get overlooked just based upon what these coaches want to see, and mm-hmm. you see all this talent we have here. Yeah. Same thing for my cousin Vince. He uh, didn't want to pursue football, play basketball at Venice. Played with, actually, Malachi Weidman. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. So, he's a dual-sport athlete. So, he played with him. Vince, another one, had accolades at Venice, had every broke records and stuff there, was a great ball player. Went to pursue at Southeastern University, mm-hmm. which is just in Lakeland, yeah, yeah. Florida, so... He played there and then uh, just recently hung up his shoes as well, lacing his laces. So it's just the runs in the bloodline. Dude, it, 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 yeah. football players. We try to athletes man. in general. Yeah, so isn't Dom the one that does the wildlife thing yeah. now? Oyster is, Boys, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've seen that on your page a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I try to help him out, promote him as much as I can. But dude, the things that Dom and Vince are doing with Oyster Boys is insane, and I don't want to speak on it too much because I don't know the ins and outs as far as I just know that general consensus and the backbone of what they are and obviously knowing Dom and Vince being cousins and where they're headed in this future endeavors but Dom just spoke recently at um, SEF for a TED Talk it was TED Talk Bradenton which you guys that are listening you guys could go in there and uh, check it out I don't exactly have the link but maybe we could put it in a bio or something like that but so yeah Dom does the non-profit with them and Vince is the co-owner as well along with a group of other guys that Help, um, help Oyster Boys. That's badass, yeah. dude. Yeah. So he's trying, man. The waterways, and like I said, Dom, maybe you can even have him on and talk about it. I would it love to, though. I would love to. But the things that they're doing with our waterways, is, as you know, you're Florida, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You've lived here a long time. So you know that we could potentially have better waters. It's oh, just it's not potentially. Yeah. We, I mean, yeah, we need to. Yeah. yeah. It's just that, and then it started out with the manatees and stuff and saving them. So... I'll let, I don't want to speak on it too much. I want Dom to come yeah, on here and he sure, can bro. talk to you and whatnot. But they're definitely doing great things for the community. For sure. And I want to move on now to Full Throttle. Obviously, you see me repping the merch yeah, here. Yeah, shout out yeah. to you for that as well. Yes, sir. Got some here on the backdrop. Yes, sir. Um, you've already shouted out Jared as well. Mm-hmm. But I want to just ask you. So you sort of gave me the backstory um, off the air. But I want to have you go back into it. Just tell me the story about how Full Throttle came to fruition. Yeah what the MO is behind it, what made you guys want to pursue it, and just sort of, just tell me about it, man. I want to, I want to hear all about it. And obviously, yeah. you guys moving up, got some nice official yes. packaging. <laughs> we got our bags that we just started launching out now. We got some stickers. Hats. Making the most of it, man. This is some nice, especially you guys here locally in Florida, some nice dry fit deer, bro. Whether it's fishing, yeah. outdoor, sun shirts, these, these are the way to go. So make sure you check that out. But yeah, tell me about that, man. Yeah, so um, as we mentioned off the air, so I worked at, once I came back um, home, post-COVID, 2021 or whatever that was, yeah, 2020, yeah. that next year anyways, I started working at Target alongside my mm-hmm. brother, and uh, I met Jared there, who was actually working there as well. I didn't go to high school with him, however, he's a local kid as well. Um, we both were pursuing our degrees at SCF, which is where I got my associates. He was there, so I started talking to him, and I said, hey man, this is looking, I want to I want to do a side business and this is really what I'm trying to do. I mm-hmm. want to you know, make a clothing brand, something inspirational. He said, you know what, man, I'm going to do that as well. We both had a great partnership with our um, bio and our backstories on our website as well. If you guys want to check it out, Heck it's yeah. fullthrottlesupply.com. We'll, we'll drop that in the link as well for sure. Yeah. So 
I started talking to him. We both together were like, man, this is exactly what we want to do. This is the future of what we want to try to put out there. We both knew he, well, I knew he had a um, hand for digital design mm-hmm. and, and uh, Photoshop and stuff. So I knew that he was going to be able to do all that. I knew that I was going to, I love talking to people. I knew there that I was going to be great with some, some type of sales and stuff. So anyways, we created, we made our first launch. We had black and yellow t-shirts. Um, those, there was right? no reason for the colors, but we thought people might hey, like them. But catchy. Yeah, so we those were like a limited edition. Well, we ended up ordering like 100 black t-shirts, 100 yellow t-shirts. They sold out. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah. all with friends, family and stuff that were buying them. People just out of state. I got family in New Jersey and stuff. All these people that were buying them and loving them and repping the brand for us was tremendous help. Anyways, then we started making... Um, we have some tan ones, we have some hoodies, some sweatpants. We came out recently with this. We don't like to call it necessarily dry fit because that's Nike sort of thing. Fair enough. Yeah. But we like to call it like your like summer attire, I guess, if hey, you will. Yeah, you know what I mean? Something. That. We'll yeah. That. So, something. Florida is not. Yeah, Florida exactly. Yeah, so that, that breathable. Breathable. <laughs> that breathable Ooh, shirt. Yeah, go. so we ended up, anyways, we came out with that and product has been selling tremendously for us. I mean, whether it's just some social media, whether it's Instagram, TikTok. Um, Facebook and stuff. So now, is this something that you've always had in mind, or is it this one that was just spur of the moment, yeah. just popped in your head like that? Yeah, so I just want to. With my job, which we talked about over the air, um, I work for the government, so I try to mm-hmm. make an impact in my community. That's I'll leave it at that, right? I try to make I'm community it, service. And so. that's I was gonna bring that up too because that's consistent throughout the entire Marino family. Whether yeah. it's Derek with what he's doing with fitness, firefighting, yeah. what you're doing, whether it's full throttle or with the government or Dom, like we were just talking about, and, yeah. and uh, events with the conservation stuff, like even your dad being a coach, like mm-hmm. no matter what it is that you guys decide to put your mind to or do with your life, they all tie into just we try to, helping man. the community, giving back to the community, and just making a difference, man. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's honestly cool as shit. Like yeah. there's, there's, no, there's really no other way to put it, yeah. but so, like, do you remember that moment where it just came into your mind, like, whether it was the yeah. name, like, how did you guys come up with so the name? So, he came up with the name. Okay. Yeah, so, once again, he was the digital design mastermind. Yeah. So, I told him, I'm like, hey, man, I want to be a part of this. What did you have in mind? For he, sure. He came yeah. up with the name. He came up with some of the designs. I started shooting him with design ideas and mm-hmm. stuff. Started, hey, man, here's a business plan, because that's what my associate's degree is, business, business management. management. So, I tried yeah. to kind of influence him in a way as far as hey man I'll take the load off on all this type of stuff you mean you start doing all yeah, this type and let's see where we can go nice partnership but it was literally just man like a spur of the moment hey man this is what I'm thinking this is what I'm thinking and then we came together yeah. started it started to reach out to some apparel companies and stuff to see what our gear would maybe look like some prices and stuff mm-hmm. put a decent of our amount, um, amount of our money in it but hey, hey man you gotta you spend got money to. to make money right there so there you go so we did that and then it's just taken off ever since man I mean yeah. like, it's not nothing where we haven't I mean we've grown however there's yeah. so much more with I've, some of these so brands I've seen you do like some of these pop up events and stuff like mm-hmm. that tell me a little bit about that and like how those work and if it is it successful some yeah. stories about it where you guys usually go for those so we had we've only done one right now we've okay. tried to set up another one however it got cancelled due to I, I don't know if it was yeah, weather inclements I think it was an outside one to be yeah. honest with you anyways this one was in uh, Tampa drove up there set up a little table you bring mm-hmm. gear what you're maybe looking to launch what you have actually in hand product because that's the biggest thing too is well, you can order some of our gear if you guys are listening on our website. Mm-hmm. However, the product you're wearing, we have on hand and stuff, so we can kind of sell yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on hand. But we go up there, you set up a table, you kind of just lay out all your product. There's other small business vendors there as well. And it's almost, I like to compare it to people that went to high school as like a job fair. You know, or a college fair. Yeah, when going to the you gymnasium. Mean, yeah, you go to the gym. So yeah, you walk around, you talk to other people, you meet, make connections. Hey, follow my page. I'll follow yours. Yeah, you know, just, just network. That's all it is. Yeah. So, have, they, you, yeah. have you guys ever 
thought about going to like Main Street in downtown. Or yeah, like, we're thinking about it. We're thinking um, about it. I just even here in Lakewood Ranch, or not here because we're not in Lakewood, but over in Lakewood Ranch, like I'm sure there's a bunch of little communities yeah. or something that you guys are like. Or even you, like a farmers market, like yeah, downtown yeah, Bradenton, yeah, yeah. or yeah, the Red like Barn, or even like on Waterside down by um, Sarasota. There's gotta yeah. be some stuff that you guys can definitely do for that. Yeah, we've been thinking about it. Obviously, just our schedules are. Of course. Yeah, they have course. to interline and stuff. Yeah. So we we got some future plans ahead of us, no doubt. Now. What has been the biggest thing that you've learned from that? Like from the brand? Yeah. That or maybe one thing that like you wish you would have known going into it. Uh it's definitely a lot to learn as far as gears that are involved. You guys just pretty much started from scratch and just, started from nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? We didn't really I had a backbone like I mentioned earlier with business and stuff mm-hmm. and he had this digital design mastermind of his. However, as far as I don't know if you're familiar with the show Shark Tank, right? Yeah. You see some yeah, of these yeah. small businesses go on there but they got tons of sales they got all this stuff and that's great for them they have everyone's path is different right i like to think about it as everyone's in a race however mm-hmm. some people's is faster than others but everybody yeah. as long as you've got a finish line man you know what i mean that's all that matters it doesn't yeah. matter how long it takes you to get there so with our race necessarily we're in we're trying to slowly build and build a meaningful brand right we don't want to just build something where we're selling this gear for no odd reason right yeah the brands full throttle surpass your limits at full speed right that's what we like to as you are an athlete, as I was mm-hmm. an athlete, we like to promote whenever you do something, don't just do it half ass. You know what I mean? Do it at full speed, right? Well, what's the sense of going into whether it's a new job, yep. going into a new team, going into anything you're trying new or have been doing, and waking up and being like, oh man, maybe I'll do it, maybe I won't. You know what I mean? Yep. Even for the gym, for gym bros, you go in there, yeah, I get you've been working out. However, do it day in and day out at full speed, right? Why take a day where you're it's just kind of like, yeah, it, it's tough. <laughs> it's hard, man. And, but that's hopefully what this brand is going to try to enlighten to some people, you know what I mean? As far as our work ethic and endeavors, as you know, being a, especially wrestlers, man, wrestlers, boxers, yeah. MMA, the cardio and stuff that you guys have to endure, I play, we just talked about, I, I, play, I play quarterback. I don't need football guys trying <laughs> you know to come in there and take a shot at I play man. quarterback. So not only, right, my brother jokes me all the time. He's like, oh, you get a chance to take your helmet off at the sideline. He's like, you don't even, you even wear a mouthpiece? I'm like, hey, man. I'm like, worry about your own thing, right? I'm like, so that's the thing is, as far as surpassing limits at full speed and doing everything full throttle, yeah. that's what we're trying to imply is just, hey, man, go in there, attack it, do it at 100% effort. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. So. I like it a lot. Now I want to I want to transition to the Marino Productions. Man. Yeah. Tell me, what was your inspiration about that? Like, was that sort of similar to Full Throttle? Was it just sort of popped in your mind, or like, have you always wanted to pursue yeah. like videography, photography, and like, did Derek give you some inspiration behind that because of how what he was doing with Not Going Fitness in a way? Or yeah. So I saw him obviously with his job. Um, he's a firefighter. Yeah. Works for a public servant as well. You know, what I mean? he's trying to serve his community as best he can. We have days off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, so obviously we only work. At the month, so yeah. <laughs> on, those other, on those other days off, I enjoy spending time with my girlfriend and whatnot, yeah. and our dog and stuff, and trying to get stuff done around the house. However, you still have some time that you have some downtime. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, as you know me personally, I don't like to sit around. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I'm a go get. I like to do, do, do. So you can only work out so much. You know what I mean? Until you get worn out. So well, not if you're Derek. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. So I looked at it as, what can I become good at next? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I follow obviously social media is big day and age yeah. you know, right now so yeah. I saw some of these videos that people were posting I'm like you know what this looks cool like you know I mean this looks like something that I could do at the house I could go shoot for clients or something one enjoy what I'm doing because not only can you film football right mm-hmm. I'm not playing right now I'm not coaching necessarily still being part but of you it. can still be a part you, know, yeah. you can still be a part of it so whether it's doing um, 
photography for Christmas shoots or clients or mm-hmm. something like that or birthday parties. But I've done a lot of training sessions for my brother. I've done a lot of football content and different shoots and whatnot. I've done some for Oyster Boys nonprofit. Yeah. Um, some uh, I saw a construction company. Yeah, so I'm trying to. Yeah, <laughs> so you got to. Sure. I mean, you, you got to branch out not only into That's small businesses. You got to. Yeah, you got to branch out. Yeah, you know? like, company. So those blue collar guys with like a badass video of like what right? they're doing with their and stuff. And I told that because it was a construction company from my mother is Superior Asphalt, and it's a local business here that go. just grew from a company that bought them out of Canada. And it's similar in line with what you're got. And I said that well, you dude. know what I mean. I said that I'm like you guys that are blue collar dudes that or everyone just thinks that overnight asphalt gets put down and we civilians drive on it. Exactly. I'm like that's not what gets done. So I wanted to go out there get some footage of these guys that are out here. For you guys listening that are yeah, not from Florida, some credit. It's 102 degrees with 98 98% humidity. You know, yeah. I mean, it's hot. So these, are, you know, these guys. I wanted to show that it's the process behind it. It's an yeah. art almost too. And I, I was appreciate these motherfuckers, yes, bro. Yes. And like, they and but you also see those TikTok videos of like blue collar guys and their drills or working on construction where yeah. they're just like they're very proud of their work and Correct. they have like they have badass videos of them operating the big machinery yeah. and some bad like hard bumping music yeah. going on man that's probably exactly and like what they're going for when i was talking to one of the bosses over at superior um that's local here i said that and we started talking and he was like you know what man when i preach to these guys and <clears throat> i don't remember quote unquote but he goes when i tell them when they're doing their projects when it's laying asphalt you get as you said that gratitude you know what i mean mm. there's not every day when you go out there and you perform when you're just laying asphalt right everyone's like oh you're just laying asphalt no you're not you're doing your job and you're doing it at your full throttle. You're doing it mm-hmm. at your speed, your highest ability. And there's an outcome at the end of the day that, dang, I just laid that however mile long or whatever it is road and it looks magnificent. Yeah. Magnificent. I can go back tomorrow and do the same. You know what I mean? You have that single gratitude each day of, oh man, that satisfaction of yeah, I, I did like that. A, I just completed like a that before job. before and after. Like, Correct. I did that shit just mowing the yard, bro. Correct. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Anything. Like, you're just pushing the mower like, dang. Yes, you can do that. Yes, anything. <laughs> yes, whether it's us small businesses and stuff, yeah. or you got anything. Each win is a big. big they have a website and like a page. I'm assuming for Superior their company. Asphalt. Yeah, so they like I said they were a smaller business, but however they just got bought out. For, uh, go ahead. For it's it's a uh, company out of Canada that oh, are kind sure. of partner, partnering and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So that's where their headquarters is at. And um, so, anyways, yeah, they have their whole website and stuff. Uh, whatever it is, I'm gonna I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna link it in this okay. as well. So shout out to them because I'm actually looking forward to that because I saw a little preview on. Yeah, yeah, it's, be, a, it's a decent. Gonna, that's gonna be dope. So, anyways, yeah, that's what as as far as Merino Productions, I wanted something to do in my spare time, mm-hmm. and I wanted something to keep me involved with the community still. In the way. You know what I mean? I like public relations, so yeah. it gives me a chance to not only try to make a side living and make some extra money for mm-hmm. the family and you, stuff. But you got quite the network at your disposal yeah, yeah, too so with who your dad is I'm and hoping your family. Like, like I said, so. I'm hoping I get some clients and stuff and just start putting it out oh, there. Oh, you, so. you have. Yeah. I've been following along. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. I was looking back too before this and I didn't even realize like Loki how much you have been doing. Whether yeah. it's like photo shoots with families or couples and yeah, whatnot yeah. or the construction company or with Derek's mm. um, workouts as well, man. Like, and um, so you're doing just all that on your own, whether it's the, all the equipment, got it all yourself, yep. doing all the recording yourself, all the editing, yep. all the photography. Learning as we go, man. Learning, Learning as, we go, as, man. as we go. You got to start somewhere. That's, I mean, obviously you learn from your mistakes. And you can all, you, yeah. There's always room to grow. Yeah. And I mean, there's really no better way than teach yourself in my yeah. personal And opinion. I can't, I mean, I can't lie. I reach out to other videographers and photographers. I of mean, course. a main one that's local and you know him, Jamie Blatt. 
he's a photographer yep. that's yep. local and stuff. He's helped me tremendously as far as learning my camera itself. Um, so that's another one. As far as the editing process behind it, he's put me in touch with a bunch of different videographers and stuff. Yeah. So I've been trying to just reach out to them. I'm not going to take credit that I've just learned it all on my own. I've had people of course. help me through. Yeah, student of the game. Just yeah, like so. you're student of the yeah, football to. or anything like that. Yeah, you, you know? got to, but I'm still learning. So Now, what would you say was the toughest learning curve with it? Whether it's just like, productions? Yeah, whether it's just as far as like being out there hands-on, finding like the right maybe like techniques or like mm. the right way to operate the equipment or whether it's just with the editing and stuff, you know? The toughest thing is the editing. I mean, yeah. we spoke off the podcast a little bit before too, but the toughest thing will be actually putting your your photos and videos that you take and putting it on the computer and knowing what to do with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, knowing yeah. what kind of video you want to make, knowing what kind of transitions you want to make, knowing yeah. as far as that. Now, obviously, with photography, it's very different than videography. It's not super different. However, photography, you need to know... Like, I don't know the, like, different things before I started was the apertures. And mm-hmm. you mean different things like that. I'm still, in that, to this day, learning my camera. It's almost been a year since we've been in business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's Damn, a lot. already? I mean, April is when, we start, is when I started, so. Damn, that's what's up, dude. Yeah, so there's a lot of different things that you have to learn within the camera. But as far as the editing, and as you spoke about with your podcast and everything as well, the editing part behind yeah. it, no one really realizes how much time and effort it's put in, so. 100%. Excuse me for one second. Yeah. I'm going to... This is going to be a nice little edit in the podcast, but yeah. this laptop is about to die. Oh, go ahead and flip that switch. Flip that switch. And then you can plug it back in though over there. Though. It's straight how it is yeah, now. There you go. See, we're authentic over here, man. This go. is, we got to start from somewhere, so. Yeah, I did that the other day. I was on a Zoom call, <laughs> and that switch has to be. I'm looking, I'm like, yeah. damn, my computer screen's kind of dim, and usually that means it's about to die. Nah, nah, it's not going to be good, so. This is how you learn, so yeah. enjoy that little. Yeah. <laughs> nice little 30 second interval. Sorry to yeah. interrupt there, man. It's a new home. We're still learning all the started, switches and stuff. <laughs> sorry to interrupt there, man. But hopefully you guys will appreciate that a little bit more. But with the editing, what is the most pain in the ass thing that you deal with? Because we talked a little bit about it off here. Obviously, I'm doing a little bit of editing for the podcast now with the clips and everything. Make sure you check out TikTok and the Instagram reels at Tea Time Reports for those because I'm trying to pump them out. And they're, they're pretty good, humbly, from, yes, from what are. my experience yes, is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say... Give myself a little pat on the back. Well deserved. You guys have been grinding as well. Because I've been just learning as I go with Adobe Premiere, you know, and I wanted to ask you, like, with the editing, what's the biggest pain in the ass you run into, man? With particularly Adobe Premiere? Or just in general, because I know you use a lot of different things as well. Yeah, the tough thing is just, as you know, just learning it all. I mean, it looks foreign to me. When you first first kind of look at it, you're like... It's fucking intimidating. Yeah, you're like, what is this? So, as we talked about before, I maybe should have started out not with Adobe because that's from what I've gathered from other experienced photographers and videographers. It's more of an experienced platform. However, mm. what better way to learn than just jump head? You mean head first, dive head first. Yeah. And so I've learned as I've uh, as I've, I'm going through. YouTube has been a big help, just learning from others and stuff. So. Learn anything on YouTube, bro. Yeah, so. that's what I've been doing too, man. Whether yeah. it's with the transitions or just anything, but yeah. But I mean, like I said, it, it, just the whole. Software itself, yeah, it's, it's intimidating at first until you kind Overwhelming of overwhelming really, too. Yeah, you're into like, it. What the fuck? And it's like, I'm still very surface level with it, but I feel like what I have learned has been a lot mm-hmm. still already. And there's still so I'm probably at like five percent. Yes, what I can really <laughs> yes break into with that yeah. man, and it's crazy. But like, at the same time, it's you really overlook because you just see the videos on Instagram yeah. or just TikTok, whatever it is that you're scrolling, but you overlook like the time the effort, all the ins and outs that 
really go into yeah. making these edits. Well, and that's the thing too is right. You see these reels on Instagram. It's like, oh, it's a fifteen second reel. Okay, well that fifteen second reel with the color grade and the uh, transitions and the you know what I mean whether you're doing audio as far as your camera and stuff, yeah. not just sound behind it. That maybe ten or fifteen second video probably took you about an hour and a half, two hours to edit. You know what I mean? So oh, shit, dude. It's like, like the longer the video, you know what I mean, the more work gets put into it. Even with stuff. my edits, bro, like mine have been relatively simple, which is getting pictures and the audio files and the captions, graphics, but those still take me like up to fucking two, two and a half hours sometimes because yeah. I'm just slowly trying to learn as it's I go. I don't really know what I'm man. doing, you know, but yeah. it's been, it's been cool, you know, and like hopefully if there's anyone out there listening to this as well that trying to pursue that and learn anything, they can learn a little bit from this as well. But I mean, what is, I mean, pretty standard question, but what's one thing you wish you would have known going into it? Yeah, going into uh, Maybe one thing I would have done rather than known okay. would have been maybe a class. <laughs> they, <laughs> maybe they offer classes. <laughs> Why I just kind of dove right into it, who knows, right? That just could be the first thing. Did you have but, one really bad fuck up? No, I didn't have too many. Yeah, no, nothing bad, but they offer like photography and videography classes yeah, 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 and course. stuff. So maybe going there for like an hour or two, you know what I mean? Wouldn't hurt anything. Maybe I could have actually learned how to turn the thing on rather than just learning it. I was like, oh, I bought this camera. Nice. Let's do it. You know what I mean? So that, that's maybe one thing I would have done. But you know, once again, it's still just a learning curve. Now, what would you, what would the biggest thing that you learned from Jamie Blatt be? What was the one thing that he like gave you some insight on that really opened your mind to like this whole game? He's tremendous. Once again, on public relations and stuff, the mm. company he's built himself, um, I think he does it full time. To be honest with you, um, I don't think he does anything else. However, I don't know. You'd have to maybe yeah. have him on as well. But um, the biggest thing I've learned from him, man, was learning the ins and outs of my camera. I didn't mm. even know the word aperture until I learned it from him. You know what I mean? So some of this different stuff that I maybe should have looked at before, he's been a great mentor as far as teaching yeah. me all those different stuff. And as far as when you are doing, he doesn't do too much videography, but he does a lot of photography. Mm-hmm. As far as the pictures, anyone can go out there and take a photo, especially with our $1,000 iPhones that yeah. we have. You know what I mean? You can go out there and take the photo. It's where to, It's more so you taking your client and telling them what to do. You know what I mean? Mm. Some, most people that go out there and want photos taken, a lot of them maybe know what they're doing and they yeah. are models or something. Yeah. You know I mean? they, they've been doing this for a while. However, some of these people, whether it's couple shoots, whether it's um, anything that's pretty stationary, I mean, you can do sports and mm-hmm. it's pretty, you I mean, they're just playing, you're taking yeah. photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to know, hey man, the sun's coming from this way or you need to be here, or this is a nice backdrop or mm-hmm. I need to be this close or hey man, put your leg this way or then you mean arm that way or this looks awkward, such yeah, a thing. So yeah, yeah. he's been great in kind of teaching me what he's learned over the past years. I don't even know how long he's been doing it. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he's been a great help as well. Now, tell me about that challenge as far as just trying to I guess not so much cater, but just you gotta, you gotta be versatile with mm-hmm. your clients and what you're doing with yeah. every shoot or whatever it is. And like every every couple or every family, every person is gonna be different in mm-hmm. their styles and what they want. Yeah. And like, obviously you're big in the public relations and stuff, but does that, with your experience and just your personality, does it make it easier for you to, I guess, cater towards the needs of yeah, your clients? It does a little bit. Um, I mean, it helps tremendously with whatever yeah. you do. I mean, as you know, you're a great speaker as well. You can talk to just about anybody if you, I mean, you get put in front of them. Mm-hmm. However, with your clients that or with the clients that I've been working with, first of all, you learn from your clients. So my first client that I dealt with, I've taken stuff from that shoot, what I could have done, what I need to do better. And I've taken that with my 10th client, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And now they're like, oh man, he, that's a great idea. Well, little do you know, I just took that from, you know what I mean? What I got input and feedback. And that's a big thing too, is constructive criticism. And mm-hmm. as you can learn it from sports, yep. anything you do can be 
criticized. Yeah. You know what I mean? So take that with a grain of salt and move on. Learn exactly. from it. So that's kind of what I've been trying to do as far as when they give me feedback. Okay, thank you. Um, but great shoot with you. However, I'll make a difference. If you want to yeah. come shoot, do another shoot again, we can do that and we'll make the change to it. So that's been the biggest thing as far as how public relations has helped. But I mean, now what would you say sets you apart from the rest? You know, as far as my business, I yeah. like to, I mean, as Derek, I watched your guys podcast, mm-hmm. it was, podcast. It was great. I like to think that as we spoke about what exactly you're on a personal relationship with your clients, I like to think that you're not just a guy behind there taking photos or taking videos. You know what I mean? Be out there. Have fun. Be in the presence. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Be, I like to think about be where your feet are is a big quote mm-hmm. that I like to think about. So rather than me thinking of, oh, well, this is just a couple shoot or this is just a, this type of shoot. Well, no. Don't think about what's in the future. Be where you're at. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Have fun with that client because then that client's going to talk to this person. So like Derek mentioned in y'all's podcast, he likes to separate himself by being there and him him being the trainer you know what i mean mm-hmm. him his personality that's like what i like to think what separates all of us as individuals is our personality yeah if you're just a dude that's standing back there just holding it saying all right cheese you know what i mean <laughs> no one's gonna want to come back to you so exactly. i like to kind of just interact and have fun with my clients and stuff yeah. like that and enjoy the moment so now how would you compare the pressure of being a high school quarterback or just being a quarterback in a playoff game Mm-hmm. compared to the pressure of being behind that camera and no. getting this perfect photo shoot for no, this one the, couple no, of his family, man. No, there's no pressure, man. No? Because no. with a camera, man, you can, all right, go ahead, you shoot it. <laughs> oh, maybe I didn't like that. You know I mean the sun's going to still be in the same spot. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're just going to shoot it again. But these people are paying you this money, yeah, this no, hard-earned money. No, it is. And to create these perfect yeah, moments and, that they'll cherish for a lifetime. In all seriousness, no, it, it is. <laughs> I mean, there's some pressure, but it's nothing yeah. amount to some of the pressure that I went through and individuals go through in life. Like I said, yeah, we've 100%. been we've been fortunate. Where as far as um, and knock on wood that nothing's happened yet, but we've been fortunate in life. You know what I mean? Dude, so the, least, yeah, you see 100%. some you see some of these individuals that the struggles they have to go through and everything like that. So I think that you being a wrestler, me being a uh, high school um, football athlete as well, it's helped us with adversity and with the struggles that we maybe have to face in the future that's why sports are so important it'll bro. help you along I, the way yeah i so. said it the same thing with d bro that's it's why they're so important because they just teach you so many intangibles yeah. and so many lessons that it's honestly just hard to find anywhere else as Correct. far as like to the same volume to the same level that sports will yeah. you know what i'm saying like and obviously you have those parents and those people that force their kids into it and just shove it down their throats. Yeah, and which and should never happen. Never. Anyway, no. Because you can never. learn. I mean, yeah, I and this is just personal opinion. I don't know if you agree as well or you guys that are listening. I think that sports, like you just mentioned, is the greatest thing to learn as far as moving, mm-hmm. progressing you in life. As far as you mean, whether you're just playing, whether you're good or not, being on a sports team, you're going to all go through the same practice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whether you're playing on a Friday night, whether you're wrestling, whether you're playing hockey, baseball, soccer, whatever it is, the whole team practices. So you're all running. You're mm-hmm. all, whether it's you're gassed because you're just so tired or you're fighting that last, you know what I mean? It's going to progress you in life. You know what I mean? Whether you have an early morning practice and you know that, hey, I have to be disciplined because the night before if I go get trashed or whatever mm-hmm. it is, if you're in college or if I want to stay up all night with my friends in high school and you stay up and you don't make practice, well, you're not disciplined. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you need to, it's the regimented schedules that us as athletes get put on. So I don't know like, as far as people that are listening, if they agree with that, but they should. that's just, I mean, I, should, I, that's man. the way I feel. But And it's you, not the only way to get no, those lessons. You're right. I mean, we're not saying that, but you it's can, like, You can do it as you're exactly. about, yeah, you can do it in other aspects of life. However, I think the greatest one is. No, I agree. Life. I think there's a lot of people out there that agree with that as well. 
But, however, I think that's a great place to wrap it yeah. up, man. We got to get you out of here. I don't want to hold you too much longer. But thank you once oh, again for having me over here by the house. Thank you guys congrats. for having me at Tea Time Reports, Ten, man. Congrats to you and your girl again for getting this place, bro. I, yeah. I, I love seeing you guys do this. I said the same thing with Dean, man. But just because like, I've been there before. I've branched out. I was in an apartment for mm-hmm. a while, you know, at a young age. Different than owning your own house, but still it's similar to just going out there on your own, trying to make it for 100%, yourself, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's scary. Yes. It really is, bro. And you guys are really making the most out of it. You yeah. guys are doing good, and I, I, I love to see it, man. Yeah, so, man. once again, thank you for joining me, man. man. Thanks yes, for having sir. me yeah. on here. Yes, Thanks sir. for having me over. Thank you all for tuning in once again. Make sure you guys stay up to everything, Tea Time Reports, all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, threads, <laughs> TikTok as well. Make sure you guys stay awake. Tune in to the next one. Thank you. Peace.